0: Tonight is giving you that definition again of angels. The definition of angels in Hebrew, angels literally means messenger. So we know, according to the Word of God, in many of these accounts we've already looked at, that. Angels are supernatural beings. They are created by the Father God. They have specific purposes. Some of them are created just to worship the Lord. Others are created and commissioned to deliver godly messengers. Still, there are others that are called warring angels. We'll look at that tonight. All different functions for angels. There's some that are, their function is to bring protection. Thank God. Are you glad for that? Now we got the angels of the Lord that are encamped round about us. And they keep us in all of our ways. So thankful for all that heaven has made available to us and given us. Amen. He has given his angels charge over us and we're thankful for it. Now tonight we want to just kind of continuing looking at the function of them bringing and delivering something. Them delivering encouragement, delivering strength and bringing deliverance in time of distress. So we're going to look at some examples of that in the word of God. Now let me ask you this question. Who was not here this morning in either the 9 or the 11? Anybody? Okay, we got a few hands. Again, I want to encourage you to go and get the CD or listen online. Pastor's message was awesome this morning. You don't want to miss out on that teaching. Now, one of the the accounts that he looked at this morning, and I was telling him yesterday, don't use that scripture. And he's like, honey, I'm glad. No, it's my scripture. You know, it's not a good thing when you fight over the Bible. But anyhow. (laughs) So he was in the pulpit first. And so he used that scripture about the apostle Paul and on the ship. But, you know, today I was looking at even the background of that before he got on that ship and in that terrible storm. We know that the Apostle Paul had been arrested. And before he ever went to stand before Caesar, he was before another king, King Agrippa. And I like this scripture over in Acts chapter 26. Just a little bit of background before he got on that ship. I'll fill in the blanks. Pastor always says I give the amplified version of stories. So here we go. Acts chapter 26 I I'll read this verse it has nothing to do with angels but just because I like it so here he is in Acts chapter 26 and verse 2 he's standing before King Agrippa keep in mind he's a prisoner he's not you know not having the best of days here he's a prisoner but he starts out verse 2 by saying I think myself happy O King Agrippa And why in the world would he be happy when he's just been arrested? And you know the reason that he is happy? Because King Agrippa had said to him, I'm going to give you the opportunity, Paul, to defend yourself. And he got happy about it because he said, oh, goody. He said, today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things that i am accused of by the jews and then he goes on and he gives him his testimony how he persecuted the jews how he had an encounter with on the road to damascus he is preaching the gospel here he is arrested and he's happy because he gets the opportunity to give his testimony you know, sometimes it could look like our worst day and God will turn it around into your best day. If you'll just look for those openings to share, amen. And then he goes on and he he was faithful to what God called him to do. In verse 19, he said, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision." He's letting him know, and you know, I know you're used to the scriptures up there, but if you've got your Bible, you can open it and we can just read the word tonight or you can have me read it to you, so don't be concerned about that. That's not a deal. Anyway, he's telling him, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He's letting him know that I had a testimony to tell. And then he's also letting him know God's not done with me yet because God had already told him, you are going to not only stand before King Agrippa, you are going to give witness before Caesar. So we know what happened. He gave his testimony and then King Agrippa said, well, I'm going to get you on this ship headed To Rome, so you can go stand before Caesar. He was on this ship with all sorts of other prisoners. As we know, the account happened that he, in his spirit, he said, I perceive that this journey is going to be of much hurt and harm, and we shouldn't take it. But did they listen? No. The captain of the ship kind of looked at all the other experts and said, well, this is a preacher. What does he know about sailing? These guys are the expert, and they're telling us to go ahead and go sail. So we know they took off. We know the storm came, and he was on this ship, and it certainly was not the good ship lollipop. It got into trouble quick because of people's disobedience. So we'll just pick it up here. And again, I know Pastor told this this morning, but we'll look at it in verse 21. Of Acts 27. So here the storm is raging. Paul seeking the Lord. But after long abstinence from food. Then Paul stood in the midst of them. And he said. Men you should have listened to me. Boy have you ever felt like saying that? I told you so. And we should not have sailed from Crete. And we wouldn't have incurred this disaster and this loss. But you know it didn't stop there. Verse 22 and now I urge you to take heart. King James says, be of good cheer. That's a good thing to do when you're in the midst of the storm. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. You know, he knew something about tapping in to joy. That's why he said to King Agrippa, I think myself happy. He is the apostle that wrote the book of Philippians. And in those four short chapters of Philippians, the word joy or rejoice is used 16 times. And he wrote that book from prison. So he knew how to tap in to the joy. He knew it was his strength. And even in this situation, he's saying, okay, guys, cheer up. Why are we going to cheer up? He heard from heaven. Cheer up. up. Don't tear up. Stop crying. Stop throwing up over the side of the ship and cheer cheer up. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. There is a price. To disobedience. This was out of Paul's control. He wasn't in charge of the ship. He was just on a ship with a bunch of disobedient people. But God had mercy on them because of Paul. But there was a cost to the disobedience. They lost the ship and all of the cargo. But why did he know they weren't going to die? Well, verse 23. For there stood by me This night, an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve. Anybody want to think themselves happy right now? Glory to God. I think it's significant that the angel of the Lord showed up and stood by him at night. I mean, they were in a mega storm and it was dark, but it says night. Night. So sometimes in our darkest hour, when the storm is raging and it looks like our ship is sinking and going down. Be of good cheer. Derive encouragement. If God sent an angel to stand by Paul. He can send an angel to bring you encouragement. What did we say? The word angel means messenger. He sent a messenger from heaven. Saying it's going to be okay. Okay. You're not going to die and nobody else is going to die. Hallelujah. Then he went on to say, Paul had heard this. He heard this from the angel of the Lord, a messenger from heaven. Do you think God can still send supernatural divine intervention if we need it? Oh, I can't get off of that. If you're in the midst of a dark storm right now, we don't worship angels. We don't pray to angels. We don't ask angels to show up, but don't rule it out. God will send whatever kind of reinforcement, whatever kind of encouragement you may need. You're not going under. What did pastor say today? You can make it. We can Make it. So I had to, Paul had to get these people on the cheer side and out of the tear side and out of the fear side. He said, don't be afraid. This is what the angel said to Paul and he had to relay it. You must be brought before Caesar. His destiny was not changed. God didn't say, oops, you got on the wrong ship and now you're going to go under. No, no. His plan and His purpose for us will stand. Jeremiah 29, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a future and hope. Hallelujah. He's got your future in the palm of His hand. He knows your past. He knows your present. And He knows what you've been born to do. And if you will trust Him, it shall all Come to, come to pass. A storm. A big storm. A mega storm. <clears throat> can't cause destiny to be changed. So he told him. You're going to come before Caesar. And indeed God has granted you all those who sell with you. Therefore take heart. Men. though oh pastor centered in on this today. For I believe God. That it will be just as it was told me. We've got the word of God that tells us his promises. And we ought to have that same attitude. I believe God. It's going to be just as it was told me. So it was Paul's faith. It was Paul's obedience. He told King Agrippa, I have not been disobedience." to my heavenly calling, to my heavenly vision. It was Paul's faith. It was Paul's prayer. It was his obedience that brought this supernatural, divine intervention and this divine deliverance. Paul knew they weren't supposed to sell, but he wasn't the one in charge. He was a prisoner, but God's mercy was bigger than the captain's mistake. That's right. Hallelujah. That's good. Hallelujah. And the, everybody's life on that ship was saved because of who was on that ship. Because of one man full of faith, the whole ship, all their lives were saved. Did you know you could be working at a company and the economy not looking so good? But God will bless that company because you work there. God will do things for one person who will stand in faith. And I heard this in my spirit right now. Some of you are... Obviously, this is a woman and some of you, you may be married to an unbeliever and that unbelieving husband, or perhaps he's just a baby Christian and he's made this decision. It's something about an investment and you're not in agreement with with that, but the Lord says, it'll be okay. He's going to take care of you and he's going to take care of your household because of your covenant. Because of your faith. Hallelujah. That's good news. It's good news to know that God is bigger than man. God is bigger even sometimes of a decision that your company may make. I can't get off of this. He will bless you. He will bless you and your household and all that are with you. If you will stand on your covenant Right, Amen. Can I get a hallelujah out of that? Amen. Glory to God. Now, who else? There's many, many examples in the Word of God. We talked to you about how many times angels is referenced. It's, it's over 200 times, almost 300 times angels been referenced in the Bible. Let's look at another apostle by the name of Peter. Y'all remember Peter? Well, there was a time <clears throat> when the church was just starting out, and they faced a lot of persecution. And a lot of harassing. And the Bible tells us that Herod, he was like on a vengeance to arrest all of the disciples and and all the Christians that he could. He had just had James killed and he saw that it pleased the Jews. So he thought, wow, I'm going to get on their good side. I'm going to round up some more of the disciples. So he got Peter and he threw Peter in jail, in prison. Let's pick up this story here in Acts chapter 12, and we'll look at verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison. He was in prison, but... Oh, I like this but. It's good when there's buts in the Bible. (laughs) But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. The church had already lost James and they said, oh, no, you don't, devil. We are not losing Peter. Satan, you're not taking out another one of our leaders, another one of the disciples. So they were praying for his deliverance. What happened? Verse 6. And when Herod was about to bring him out, what do you think he was going to bring him out? He was going to kill him. He wasn't going to bring him out and let him go. He was going to bring him out. That night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. So Herod was serious about keeping him in jail. It wasn't a nice, cozy little jail. He wasn't in a comfortable position. He was bound by two chains between two soldiers. There were four squadrons of soldiers that were guarding him. And he was chained to two soldiers. But don't you love it? He was not in there crying. He was not in there afraid. He knew that his life was in danger. And what was he doing? Sleeping. Sleeping. He was sleeping. He was full of peace. I bet those two soldiers were like, seriously, would you quit snoring? You're keeping us awake. He was just at rest. He was at peace. Hallelujah. And again, that phrase, constant prayer, was being offered for him. We as believers, every one of us has a supply. And you know, we need to be at our prayer post. Prayer makes a difference. Prayer does pave the way for the impossible to become possible. Peter had great faith, but I am assured that it was the prayers of the saints that brought this divine intervention and this supernatural deliverance for him. Prayer gives access for God to act on our behalf. Isn't that what happened? So verse 7. Now behold. What are we talking about? Messengers. We're talking about God's angels. Now behold. An angel of the Lord stood by him. And a light shone into the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up. He had to wake him up. I mean, this glorious being shows up in the prison. And you know, there was a light glowing. They're full of glory. And he had to wake up, Peter. Says he struck him, slapped him. Get awake there, dude. That's somebody that's full of rest and full of peace. So he said to him, arise quickly. His chains fell off. Supernatural intervention. Chains fell off. That's good news. Right when you are, seems like you're in some sort of bondage. The prayers of the saints. You know, that's why you need a local church. You need believers that will stand with you in a time of crisis. This was a crisis. Whether he was acting like it or not, his life was in danger. I know he was believing God, but it what lifted him up were the prayers of the church. Folks, when you go through something too, don't Don't not call us. We are a word church. We are a faith church. But we also live in the real world. And we know that things come against all of us. Tests and trials. That just happens. But we don't want you to go through it alone. You call. You let somebody know. And we'll hook our shields of faith with you. We'll undergird you with prayer. That's a benefit of being part of the family of God and a local church. So Peter had folks that loved him. He had people that were standing with him that were praying with him. And that's what brought this deliverance. Now let's look on down here. Keep reading this story in, in verse eight. Then the angel said to him, guard yourself, tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and he followed him. He did not know what was done by the angel was real. But he thought he was seeing a vision. He was still so sleepy. He thought he was having a dream or seeing a vision. But when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city. It opened to them of its own accord. They went out and they went down one street. And then the angel disappeared. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his what? And what did this angel do? He delivered me from the hand of Herod glory be to God Thank you for that delivering power by the hand of the angels that was brought on because of the prayers of the saints. Another praise break. Hallelujah. Thank God there is power in prayer. There is power to break every chain. I like that song we sing. Power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Natural chains broke off of him. Spiritual bondage will break off of us when we pray and we seek the Lord. This was an amazing story of the angels of the Lord getting the apostle Peter out of jail. I want to read you an account of a modern day testimony of the angels of the Lord helping get a criminal into jail. You know, it's good to get believers out, but some people belong in. This is an account written uh, by a lady. She's a police officer. She belongs to a friend of ours church. In Tulsa, I mean, this has been, I mean, she's, she, it's credible. I'll just say that's very credible. This happened many years ago. She was on on patrol by herself. This woman's a little bitty woman. She's barely five feet tall. And she was out in this patrol car by herself. And she felt prompted to go and sit on this certain street. She's sat in there. There's this bar on the corner and she's watching to see if anybody are leaving and driving. You know, just there to check out, see if there's going to be any drunk drivers. So she's sitting there and all of a sudden she sees this car leave. And it was like a light bulb went off on the inside of this car. And she saw this guy in this automobile and she heard in her spirit, follow him. And she thought, well, you know, I can't arrest him or pull him over. I don't know if they're drunk or not. But she followed him and he did some sort of illegal turn. So there she had her cause to pull him over. And as she pulled him over, she um, realized this guy was a big dude, a big, scary dude. And so she says to him, pulls him over and over her little, while she's still sitting in the car, she tells him to step out of the car. This man steps out of the car. At least 6'4", she said, close to 250, 300 pounds. A massive man. So she radios, send backup. <laughs> <laughs> and the people responded and said the dispatcher, well, there's nobody in your immediate area. Send backup. So the guy is just standing there. She's thinking, I, I got to do something, you know, because he started walking toward her. So she jumped out of the car. And she says, uh, well, well, I'll just read some of this to you. So anyway, I saw this man getting out of the car. I screamed to him, stick your hands in the air and turn around. When he did, I saw a pistol in his waist belt. She said, oh, Lord, what have you gotten me into? I was serious because the Holy Spirit had prompted me to pull this guy over. Well, anyhow, he just cooperated with her. Again, she said, send backup. The guy was just standing there with his hands raised, Turn around. And she says again, send backup. The guy says to her, what's wrong with the one you've got? And she thought to herself for a moment. And then she said, he turned around. And he said, again, what's wrong with the one you've got? And his eyes were huge. And she realized he was looking above her five-foot frame. And out of her mouth, she didn't plan it. She said, oh, he's a rookie, and he likes to fight. <laughs> Just hearing myself say that made me think, what? Then this huge guy said, well, I sure wouldn't mess with him. (laughs) About that time, I realized he must be seeing my angel. So I told him to turn back around and put handcuffs on him. She said it was tough to do. He was so huge, but she did it anyway. And this is how the conversation went. She said, I was not going to arrest him for a DUI. But when he turned around, she realized he had more guns in his belt. And then she looked in his car. His car was full of illegal weapons. She ran a rap sheet on this guy. And the sheet was as, as long as I was tall. With arrests for firearms and even homicides. This guy was planning to go do much hurt and much harm to somebody. And the Holy Ghost supernaturally intervened and had this little five foot woman stop this guy. So she puts him down on the ground. As I finished patting the guy down, he looked over my shoulder and he looked up above me again. And he said, boy, I know you did not walk into the unit." shop and pick up that uniform. You're way too big. I know they don't make them that big. Where'd you get that uniform? Is that special, mate? Again, you know, no reply. Then the gangster guy said, he doesn't talk talk much, does he? Never looking at the officer, the whole time looking above her head and addressing this guy with her who she never saw. So he says, wow, he doesn't talk much, does he? To this, I replied, he doesn't need to. (laughs) Finally, backup came and they were amazed that this little bitty woman was able to get this huge guy. There he was laying on the ground, handcuffed behind him. And only her there. And they opened up his trunk. He had more illegal weapons. And I mean it was not. He had bad intentions. But God. But God. But God. The angels of the Lord got Peter out of jail. And they got this guy with bad intentions into jail at the hand of a little five foot woman assisted by a gigantic angel glory be to God. So you know what? Sometimes we don't, we may not even see them, but you could find yourself in a dangerous situation and you don't even realize you're in a dangerous situation, but the angels of the Lord are guarding you. They're protecting you and the eyes of those that may be intending to do hurt or harm to you can be opened up and see into the realm of the spirit and see what you're not even seeing and cause people to run away, cause people to flee. Hallelujah. Thank God for angelic protection. Hallelujah. Thank God for assistance from heaven. And the angels of the Lord, they not only bring deliverance, they not only bring protection, they not only give us messages, but they will show us things to come. And they will give us utterance and help us have utterance by the Holy Spirit to pray out future events, to pray the way we need to be praying over our nations and over our families There's another account, and we'll just begin to look at this one tonight and finish up on it next week. How many of you have heard of Daniel? Well, in the book of Daniel, there are several accounts of angelic visitation. Of course, probably the most famous one was when Daniel was in the lion's den. And we're not going to look at that one tonight. We're going to look at a a couple of others. Over in Daniel chapter 9, let's look at verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. He read... In the word that the 70 years of captivity of the children of Israel, they were captive in the land of Persia. They were being prisoners there, held captive there. And he read in the Bible that it 70 years had come and it was time for their deliverance. We can see things in the word of God. When we see that God is not willing that any should perish. When we see that the father is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, then we can take these scriptures. When we see that he says, I'm going to cover this world with the glory of the Lord. I'm going to cover the whole earth shall be filled with my glory. We can see that that's God's will and that's God's plan. And then we We take his word and we lift it back up to him and we say, Lord, you said, you said my household would be saved. You said, Lord, that revival was going to come in the last days. You said, Lord, ask you of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain and you would pour out rain. So that's what Daniel was doing. He saw this and he began To contend with the Lord that it's time for your people to be delivered from this bondage. So verse 3. Then I set my face toward the Lord to make a request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and I made confession and I said, Oh Lord, great. An awesome God who keeps his covenant and his mercy with those who love him and with those who keeps his commandment. What's he doing here? He's magnifying God. And his greatness, he's telling God, you're the only true God. You are awesome. You are mighty. You are the God that keeps covenant to a thousand generations. Folks, we are in covenant with a covenant keeping God. Look into the word and find out what your covenant rights are. And then stand upon them. Hallelujah. Contend. Contend. For what belongs to us. Right. So that's what he was doing. He's praying. And he even, in, he even he repents for the sins of the people. And he calls out for mercy. Yeah. You think we ought to be doing that for our nation? Yeah. We can repent. If my people yeah. who are called by my name yeah. Yeah. will humble themselves. Oh, will repent. Will call on God turn from their wicked ways then I will heal their land so while Daniel is yet praying and contending with God he gets a supernatural visitation verse 21 while I was yet speaking in prayer the man Gabriel well we know that he just took on the form of a man Gabriel wasn't a man he was an angelic being whom I had seen in a vision, you can see in earlier chapters, he'd already seen him, beginning, being caused to fly swiftly. Well, right there's another verification, it wasn't a man. Men don't fly unless you're Peter Pan, you know what I'm saying? But he reached me by the time of the evening offering. And he informed me, and he talked with me, and he said, Oh, Daniel... I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. So he calls this angel by name, Gabriel. Where else have we heard that name in the Bible? Anybody have any input? Gabriel. Look in Luke chapter 1. We all are saying, Mary. Of course, he was sent to Mary to tell her she was going to be the mother of the Messiah. But in the beginning of Luke chapter 1... Also, Zechariah saw him and called him by name. The angel Gabriel was sent to Zechariah to tell him that he and Elizabeth were going to have a son. And they did. John the Baptist. So Gabriel's function seems to be the one who delivers messages from the throne of God. And he said, I've come to give you understanding. Understanding about what? Understanding about the times. And then he goes on, and you will see, we're not going to study all of it, but he tells him about future events. He shows Daniel the revelation. We know it as Daniel's 70th week. It gets over into the millennial age. You know, God doesn't see time like we see time. God's not limited by what we see. And you know, another thing is this age is not all there is. There's a lot, lot more to come. This sliver of time where we're living right now is so teeny. That's why the Bible says our life, it's just like a vapor compared to eternity. So he gives Daniel this whole revelation about the age, the millennial age. My goodness, hundreds and thousands of years before it was ever going to happen. He told them this revelation. He was sent from the throne of God with a message. And then, you know, we it's getting kind of late. We don't want to go too long tonight. But he, he he's praying again. So we see that he named Gabriel. But then in Daniel chapter 10, he's praying again. It said he had fasted for 21 days. Yeah. And in verse 3 of Daniel 10, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine, came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks had been fulfilled. And what happened? Another angel showed up and brought him another message. Verse 11 he said unto me, Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. Stand upright for I have now been sent to you another messenger. While he was speaking this word, I stood up and Daniel had been praying and fasting for 21 days again for the deliverance of Israel. And I'm sure that he was tempted to think, Okay, are you are you up there? Are you going to hear my prayer? Has anybody ever felt like saying, hello, are you up there? Do you hear me? I'm praying, but I'm not getting nothing. Nothing. But this is what the angel said to him. Verse 12. Then he said to him, do not fear Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand... And to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. From the first day, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. Hallelujah. So if we ever start feeling like God's not hearing me, nothing could be further from the truth. God responds to faith and God responds to his word. When we are praying in line with the word of God, be assured, be confident, be bold, be rest upon this, that he hears our Prayers And he answers our prayers. Well, then what is the problem? How come sometimes it takes so long? The answer is found in verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. He's given him revelation of a dual kingdom. Just like this life we're living is not the only thing that we're ever going to be doing, there is an unseen. Realm. Yeah. There are dual kingdoms, the kingdom of the light and the kingdom of darkness. There's a kingdom in the heavenlies and God was sending his answer to Daniel, but he encountered resistance. There was a prince of Persia, not the natural prince. There was an evil force that was controlling the prince of Persia of Persia that did not want the answer to get through this evil force controlling the prince and the king of Persia wanted to keep the children of Israel suppressed. And, and captive and enslaved they didn't want them to be let go and this evil force didn't want that answer to get through to heaven and I'll just tell you this that evil force over Persia still exists today Persia is modern day Iraq Iran sorry Iran well they're both evil anyway oops did I say that but that is huge. So Daniel realized. God said, I'm sending you Michael. And when we begin to look at Michael in different places in the word of God, Gabriel is the messenger. Michael is the warring angel. He's called the arch angel. He's called the chief He's the general of the Lord's warring angels. And once he showed up on the scene, that evil influence over the prince of Persia came down. And God's people were delivered. And they were set free. And there are evil forces today that are still trying to rule And reign over nations. We do not glorify the devil. We don't glorify all his imps and, and their strongholds. And we don't have to do a bunch of crazy things in the natural. We don't have to go up in airplanes and climb high mountains and all of this stuff. But we do have to be aware that there is an evil force arrayed against the church. And against nations. And they like to try to control leaders of nations and dictators and they like to get involved in the politics of nations. Why? They wanted they wanted to suppress the children of Israel in that day, but they want to suppress the church. But how many of you will say with me, oh no. No way. No way. Those strongholds are coming down. Those sayings, those evil influences that are trying above, trying to, above the, if our eyes could be opened, we would see that there are battles in the heavenlies right now going and happening over our nation. That There are evil forces that are trying to gain ground and gain control. But we, we know, we who... To know who we are. We, are we take our place in prayer. And we use our God given authority. And we, can and we can call on heaven's help. We can call for Michael and the warring angels. Oh we can commission them. Our prayers uh, give them license to do battle. Some of you will remember a precious man. When I said that, it just came up in my spirit and I just heard his voice. Some of you will probably remember Brother Phil Halverson. He's been in heaven many years. But back in the 80s, he was used, oh my goodness, to pray things down and to pray things in. He was in our church over on Royal Avenue. We had the privilege of praying with him. This man, it was like when he would start to pray, it was like lightning bolts would just come out of him. And I hear his voice right now. He used to pray for the church. He used to pray for our nation. And I can hear in his little, he was Norwegian, his little voice, Michael, Michael, Michael. And he would just start to tremble under the power of God. And he would say, Michael, warring angels, warring angels, warring angels. Many times he was caught up and he would do share his experience of being caught up. And he was with these warring angels in the heavens doing battle, battle for souls, right. battles over the destiny of nations. Amen. Our nation right now is hanging in the battle. I don't know how this election is going to go. And you know, it doesn't really matter because it's going to go God's way. And whatever happens in this election, we believe that God's hand is still on our nation because more are they that are in the camp of the Lord. But we as believers have a responsibility. Let's all stand.